Have a seat. Tell you what, what a sweet spirit it is today, isn't it? I love it when we sing, and as a pastor, I, I, I do this from time to time. I kind of just step back, and I kind of look around, and I see God's people worshiping Him. That's what we're here to do, to worship. That's why you've been created, is to worship this powerful, living God who wants to be involved in your life. And so for me, that's such a joy to step back and see and, and watch you all uh, from all different backgrounds, different uh, maybe styles of worship, but we come together and we sing his praises. What a beautiful sight it truly is, and it was this morning. So thank you for, for doing that, and I'm sure it was beautiful to the Lord also here uh, this morning. Well, let me ask you something. Do you really want to be more like Jesus? Do you really have an openness to change when the Lord speaks to you? Do you have that in you? Are you passionate about that? Because if you do, then moments like this, when you come together, even though it's been wet outside and you're wondering, should I get up? Should I go to church? Uh, you know, I've got so many other things I could be doing today. And, and so moments like this, though, are so important. Because God wants to speak to you in this moment. And I deeply believe he wants to. And so you have to say, heart, speaking to your own heart, heart, open up. Let God reign. Let him come inside. Because I do believe he's got a good word for you here uh, this morning once again. Well, if you've been with us the last several weeks, you know we've been going through this series called The Valleys of Life. We have this week and next week. Next week will be the last one. But we've been going through this series called The Valleys of Life. Um, all of us go through different valleys, whether it be uh, you know, se seasons of success or failure, ups and downs, uh, difficulties, and sometimes uh, great, uh, great confusion, other times great clarity. You go through all these different seasons of life. We all face them. And if you're not facing one of those I mentioned right now, there's some other season that you're facing. And so what I've been doing through this series, and my aim has been, is to give you some godly perspective on some of the seasons of life that you may face. Uh, God's people and his word are, um, are, are, are no different than us. They go through ups and downs and trials and successes. And so what we're doing, we're looking at some of some geographical valleys in the Bible, seeing what happened in those events and what happened to God's people in those events, and then uh, determining how we can apply that to our own lives. I hope it's been helpful to you as we've been going through this series. I, I've, the feedback has been very good, and so I hope that it has been helping you guys, uh, and we're going to continue to do that. Now, the valley we're going to visit today is one that you don't just kind of wake up in or arrive in overnight. It's a valley that um, it, 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 you kind of ease into gradually. You kind of drift into What's this valley? It's the valley of dry bones or the valley of spiritual dryness. It's a, it's a valley where you feel very distant from God. 
You know, as a pastor, you often think, well, he's just always got this hot fire, this hot passion for God every step of the day, every, every, every waking moment. Well, there are times in my life that I can look back on and I can see how I've kind of drifted a little, whether it be because of the worldly um, issues that I'm dealing with or my own sin or someone's sin that is direct, indirectly affecting me or, or just the challenges and the burdens and the busyness of life. And so sometimes I get in that moment where I feel spiritually dry and I'm, I'm far away from God, further than I should be away. Now, certainly I didn't lose salvation because he's got a hold of me, but in my own activities, in my own thought process, I kind of let myself drift a little bit. Maybe you can relate. Maybe even right now as you come in here, you feel a little stagnant in your faith. You feel a little distant. You feel that you're in this desert of sorts. And so if that's you, I would suspect that you want out, that you want to have that that deep desire and that great passion with the Lord. So the question is, how do you move out of this, dry, this valley of dry bones and into maybe this mountain of hot passion for the Lord? How do we get to that place? Well, we're going to talk about the day as we venture into a very strange, odd valley, the valley of dry bones. So let's go ahead and grab your Bibles and let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. If you're wondering, where's Ezekiel? Well, if you get to Isaiah and then Jeremiah and Lamentations, and then you're there, okay? So make your way uh, to Ezekiel, and uh, we'll be in verse or chapter 37. Now, I'm going to give you a little background here, because I don't know if a lot, you guys spent a lot of time in Ezekiel, so I need to fill you in on who he is and, and what this book was about. Well, Ezekiel, the book, is known as apocalyptic uh, literature. Now, apocalyptic literature, God gives a unique kind of mystifying vision, and then he explains what it means, which will then have some spiritual significance for the people. Now, in this particular vision that we'll talk about, God places Ezekiel in a valley where there are many, many, many dry bones. And so I just want you to begin to envision he's placed in this valley, and there's all these dry bones everywhere that he could look. And then God explains to Ezekiel what this is all about. Now, we'll get to that in just a moment. About a little more background, Ezekiel wrote the book sometime after the fall of Jerusalem in about 586 B.C. Judah had been destroyed uh, by King Nebuchadnezzar's army. Everything Israel had built up through the Lord is now in ashes. Jews are now scattered throughout the land. They're all over the place, not really confined to one area. Many of them were cast into captivity in Babylon. And so Israel, if you can think of it like that, they're dead as a nation. They're not together, unified, defending their, their boundaries and going up. They're dead as a nation. They were the valley of dry bones. And so it seemed that there's just really no hope. For Israel. But in this passage, God grants Israel this, this message of hope through this very odd experience that Ezekiel uh, goes through. So picture yourself now as Ezekiel. And, and just how would it be to you if you were Ezekiel and you were receiving this kind of vision? Um, so let's, let's keep that in mind as we begin reading. We're going to read the first 14 verses, starting cha uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. Here we go. Now, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. 
And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many, very many uh, on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Boy, if God's given you that question, how would you answer it? Well, this is how Ezekiel answered. He said, Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> he's, he's kind of pleading the fifth here. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know how they're going to come back. But Lord, you know. Good answer. Then he said to me, prophesy, or the, the idea is preach. Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the, the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will uh, lay sinews upon you and, and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Okay. Pause. Let's just stop right there for a moment, okay? We read over stories like this sometimes because we're used to reading them. But let's, let's put it in perspective. If you're Ezekiel and you walk into this situation and God begins to share these things with you. And so he's saying to Ezekiel, basically, I want you to go preach to these dead bones, these dry bones out in the middle of the valley. Really? <laughs> You want me to preach to dry bones? Are they going to listen? I mean, can you imagine? This is a little bit crazy for him to be called to do this. It's like basically God telling you or me to let's walk up 12th Street little ways and there's a cemetery up there, okay? Why don't you stand out there and begin to preach to all the tombstones? Hopefully these bones underneath the surface will rattle up to life. You know, you start thinking, is that really what he's calling? He's calling him to, to preach to these dry bones. Now, how would you even start the conversation? Would you turn around and say, you know, hi there, you're looking very pale. Um, but good news is, you're going to get some flesh here in a little bit. It's going to be okay. I don't know even how you start the conversation, how you begin to preach. But he began to do that, as we see in verse 7. So, he said, I prophesied as I was commanded. Yes, sir, sounds crazy, but I'm going to do it. And so he preached. He obeyed. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. Oh, this ought to have been awesome if you were Ezekiel and this began to happen, okay? And, 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 and a sound, and behold, a rattling. The bones start a rattling, and, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews, that, that's tendons on them, and flesh came upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was, at this point, no breath in them. So it was funny. They were active. You could hear the rattling and everything, but there was still no life in them. Boy, I wonder how that is. There's a lot of activity in our world, but is there really life? Is there really the Spirit of God breathed over them? Sometimes I wonder in church, do we have a lot of activity, but do we have life? Big difference there. So they're rattling and there's no life involved right now. And then we continue to read though in verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, or to, to the breath, and, and, and he says, uh, to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, and he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great 
armies. All these bones were gathered together by skin and tendons and everything. And, and, and God uh, breathed life into them. And now they're alive. It's kind of like a scene from Pirates of Caribbean. I mean, boom, they're up and alive. And they're about to take on. There's this great army. And so now next, God begins to interpret uh, the vision. Verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope Hope is a big deal. Our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. And so from Israel's perspective at this point, because of the captivity that they were in, God had abandoned them, they thought. They were in exile and, and hope was lost. And, and we feel this way at times in our own lives. You can be in a situation where you feel like, well, there's no way out of this situation. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. You would relate to them right here in the Valley of Dry Bones. And he said, verse 12, therefore prophesy, he said, preach and say to them, thus says the Lord God. He says, go talk to them, go preach to them. Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from the graves, O my people, and I will bring you, I'll bring you back, basically, into the land of Israel. So God is returning his favor upon them. And, and you shall know that I'm the Lord. Um, and, and, when I, and when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, he says, and I will put, I love this part, get ready, I will put my spirit within you oh yeah you were you were, you felt like you were dead you were dry bones but I'm gonna bring you back to life here the breathing is that of life and and you shall live and I will place you in your own land then you shall know that I am the Lord I have spoken and I will do declares the Lord so in summary basically what had happened uh, right here in Scripture that God took this dried-up nation spiritually dead Lost without hope, basically. And he breathed new life into them by the, by the Spirit of God. He breathed new life. And the valley of dry bones then became this valley of really new life is what took place. Now, this is a pretty wild experience, wouldn't you say? It's really crazy that this, this took place. These dry bones growing tendons and skin and rising to life and creating this exceedingly large army. Wow. But see, with this vision, we get a glimpse of really how God revives lifeless people. And he restores them with this fresh breath of his spirit. He did it for Israel, we see, and history shows that. He's, he's done it for them. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you feel dried out because of life, because of circumstances, because of something that you've, you've created in your own life, he can do the same for you. He can breathe new life into you. But first, let's do this, okay? Let's figure out how did Israel become spiritually dry in the first place? I mean, God had promised them all these wonderful things, and then they end up going into captivity. What has happened here? How did they become spiritually dry? How do we become spiritually dry in our lives? Well, some of you have probably been wondering, why does he have a bowl of grapes up on that plate? Those people, that's all you've been looking at the whole time is the grapes. I get it. Well, I enjoy a good crispy grape. I bought these this morning, went into Walmart and said, I'm going to get me some of the freshest grapes I can get before I go up and preach today. And so I, I love having juicy, just 
the, the grapes just snap in your mouth. You know what I'm talking about? These do. I would prove it to you, but then I'll be sitting here chewing for the rest, uh, for the next couple of minutes. But, but, but I love it. And, and when, when it snaps in your mouth, it's just completely perfect. But occasionally, I'll pop in, and I had to look a little hard because these were pretty fresh. You'll get a little tiny grape that had kind of fallen off or something, and, and it's squishy. And if I touch it very much, it's just going to fall apart right now. It's, it's becoming dried up. It's, it's shrinking. It's, it's getting worse and worse. And so um, occasionally, accidentally, I may grab one of these, pop in the mouth, and they're like, oh, you know, you get that sour grape face. And, and that's what happens. And so they begin to dry up. They, they get very nasty. Well, how does it become dried up? Well, it's very simple, okay? It's no longer, or it had been for a long time, disconnected from the vine. And the more, and the longer it's been disconnected from the vine, the, the, the more it becomes dried up, the more sour it'll become. And so if you put that in mind here, Israel had been detached. or They had detached themselves for a long time from God the true vine, and, and they had become spiritually dried up. And I'm telling you right now, if you've come in here quite spiritually dried up, you cannot live apart from God for a long time and, and not feel the dryness in your life. See, like Israel, some of you, you've stumbled in here, and I'm glad you have, but some of you are dried up. You are we could take a bite out of you, you'd be pretty sour probably too. <laughs> and probably people feel the sourness of your life as you speak to them, okay? But you're dried up in your faith because you have been disconnected from the vine for a long time. You're just doing your own thing. God may have showed you otherwise and maybe at one point you were very committed to him you were following him you're doing what he desired but then selfishness kicks in and you begin to feel the separation you begin to feel the dryness and all of a sudden the word of the lord it, you're almost like closed off to it because of your own selfishness your own pride you're moving in your own direction and and so and, and there's the problem when you lose that connection with god you begin to dry up shrivel up and life's challenges become more and more difficult because your faith is now weak it's now soft like this little tiny grape here see life is hard enough with god I can tell you right now, since I became a Christian, some of the most challenging things I face have come after I become a Christian. So life is challenging enough when you have God and you're seeking Him. And then to turn around and say, turn up, shake a fist to God and walk away from Him, oh, it doesn't make life any easier. It makes it much more difficult. And so if you're not connected to God, Here's the point. You are going to be scorched by life's hurts, just like the sun scorching down on those bones, making them dry, making them brittle. For example, if you, if right now you find yourself in a rocky marriage, or if your child is rebelling, or if you're deep in debt because of some poor decisions, or if your health is just failing at this point and, and you're facing this trial of life. And here's the deal. What if, if you're not attached to God, you're going to dry up. Because life will, be, will continue to scorch you just like that little grape. But if you're connected to God, 
you can withstand it. See, here's an interesting thing. As a grape is connected to the vine and it stays connected in the ground as we know, it can withstand some of that heat. It can take it as long as it continues to be nurtured and, and, and watered. It can take the heat. But once it detaches from the vine and it falls to the ground, it'll dry up. It'll shrivel. So listen, if you want to withstand life's scorchings, you've got to stay connected to the Lord. Israel didn't. And that's why they found themselves in this situation. They repeatedly turned away from God over and over again. He kept giving them warnings. They kept going and finally, they faced that punishment. Now, here's the good news. If you're spiritually dry, if you're feeling scorched by life at this point, you can be revived. But, but listen to how it happened for Israel, going back to the story. It was very simple. This is how they were restored. They heard the word spoken to them. God said to Ezekiel, preach to these dead, dry bones. That's all he said. He said, prophesy, preach. There wasn't a book of six steps to spiritual healing and cleansing that you can buy at the local Christian store and also have this DVD set. He just said, preach to them. Now, that's not saying that's bad, but he just said, preach. God made it very simple. He said, just preach to him, Ezekiel, and I'm going to do the rest. And so when Ezekiel opened his mouth, we see that these bones began to rattle to life. And I can't explain how that exactly worked. I'm, I'm sure Ezekiel had this incredible image of what was taking place. I can't explain how it worked. But I know that even today, there is something mystical. There's something powerful about the spoken word that rattles people's lives to life when it's been spiritually dry. <clears throat> it does the same for me. The spirit <clears throat> breathes on you and when it does life comes but here's the deal to stay fresh to stay lively you must regularly be in that position to hear the word so if you're tired of of being spiritually dry here's what you got to do you ready you've got to position yourself to hear God's word every single Sunday, every day that you possibly can, position yourself to hear the spoken word. Position yourself to be in a small group where the word is spoken. There's plenty of opportunities we have here. Position yourself to hear you know, God's word spoken anytime you can, maybe in the cars you're driving, on the radio, or in the internet, wherever the case may be. Hear the word of God. Go, be circle yourself around godly people who are going to encourage you and not bring you down. Position yourself to pick up God's word and read it every single day. See, if you want to see your bones rattled life, Stay positioned to hear God's word and let his word breathe life into you. So here's your key point today. You ready? If you want a spiritual awakening, and maybe you're in that season of life right now, you do feel distant from God. You experience the distance. You know that you're distant. And so if you want a spiritual awakening, just position yourself to hear God's word spoken to you. I know that seems very simple, but how often do we escape that? 
So position yourself where God's word is spoken. Now, here's, here's the thing. I, I know you're smarter than that and you're thinking through this while well, I do that. You might be thinking, well, I've done, I've done that now. I'm here today. I'm still feeling spiritually dry. I've been doing this for the last several Sundays and maybe for the past year or two. I even come on Wednesdays. I go to different uh, gatherings where people are, are singing your praises, oh God, and, 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 and where the word is spoken. And so here's the deal. I should be spiritually on fire, but I'm not. So what's the deal? Why do I not feel that closeness to God? Well, here's, let me say this, okay, to kind of help you. See, the, the, the Hebrew concept of listening is closely connected to the word obeying. In fact, they share kind of the similar root word here. And so listening and obeying are very, very closely connected. You don't just hear it, as many of us end up doing. We think, well, I'm here, I hear, I heard it. I guess I should be rattling to life. It's not just about hearing it. It's about obeying it. It's about following through. So if you've heard God's word speak today about maybe getting connected or turning from some sort of sin or, or just being heavily, more heavily involved in, in, in church or whatever, maybe. But if you've heard him speak today, but you don't obey, did you really hear him? Because to hear is to obey. See, my wife, Kathy, if she asked me, and I hear, Louis, will you take out the trash? And, oh yeah, I, I heard her, but if I didn't take out the trash, <laughs> did I actually hear her? Because <laughs> no, to hear is to obey. And so if you feel dry right now, even though you're positioned rightly to hear God, and you've been in here many times, if, if you feel dry and you've still been listening, your problem is not receiving the word, it's responding to the word. And there's a big difference. So if you want fire in your life, if you want peace to come back, if you want excitement in following the Lord, see, start applying what God speaks and then you'll start to feel those bones rattle in your soul. In fact, I would say this, if you're lacking peace on any level, struggling to sleep at night or you just feel like there's no contentment at all in your life, if you're lacking peace, I would say it's because you're not responding to God and completing what you've already committed to because a lot of times what you need to do is go back to the last thing that God said hey you committed to this we talked about this maybe months maybe years ago and you are abandoning that commitment of course you're not going to feel peace you got to go back to the place where God spoke a truth to you and you said no or maybe you thought willingly you said yes but you're not applying it to your life Do you need a spiritual awakening today? If you're dry, if you're scorched by life, desperate for God to breathe life into you like he did that valley of, of dry bones, if you're wanting that, I'm telling you today, position yourself to hear the word of God on an ongoing basis. And then when you hear, you don't just listen, you obey. And that's when life is going to start getting lively for you. See, I want to hear some bones rattling here. 
I really do. I want to I wanna see some life. I want to see uh, that, that, that what we hear today will be applied outside these walls and that you're going to say, I'm no longer spiritually dry and it's not because of some magnificent thing that took place exterior. It's because I heard the word of God and in, a, in an amazing way, he entered and he breathed life into me and something changed. I can't explain it. That's okay. Because God does a lot of things that we can't explain because he is that powerful. He does amazing things when his spirit is in control of your life. And so I want to hear some bones rattling us to life. And that'll happen when you hear the word of God and you respond to it. So may all of our bones rattle life. Oh God, have mercy on us. Bring life to us. Breathe upon us. I'd like you to bow your heads at this time and hear me closely. Are you dry, spiritually dry even right now? Has life scorched you? Could be any number of things where you're feeling dried up. If you want to be revived, first of all, you've done the good thing by being here today. You positioned yourself to hear God's word. That's great. That's half of the battle. You've done it. You've heard the word. But you've got to respond to it now. What is the last thing that God has told you to do and you haven't done? Are you sensing a lack of peace because you haven't followed through in a commitment that you made to him and maybe some others? You're not going to feel peace until you continue to go in that direction. Maybe God is telling you, you need to get more regular in hearing his word, get in a small group or a deeper Bible study, a mentorship or something. And then again, when you hear it, obey. And when you do, I'm convinced, like we see in Ezekiel 37, your bones, those spiritual bones are going to rattle life. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song. I want to encourage you, if you need just to spend some time with the Lord at the front, you can do that. You can kneel down here at the altar. I want to call this an altar. It's a place where you can meet with the Lord. And maybe you just need that extra step of faith to to move forward. And it'll put a stamp in this decision that you made to to draw closer to him. So do that. Or you can go to one of our prayer partners. They're standing at the tables around this auditorium. Please don't miss this opportunity. Get prayer or pray to the Lord. If you need to give your life to Jesus, go to one of our prayer partners. I'd be glad to talk to you about what it means to put your faith in Him. Oh, Father in heaven right now, there are some people in here who are spiritually dry. They've been trying very hard on their own to come close to you. But we're not listening. We're not listening to what you've already said. And we're not obeying what you've already said. So the peace is escaping us. I pray in this moment there would be commitments made. And as we do, I sense your spirit will breathe life into us. Oh God in heaven, we turn to you. We listen to you. We're going to obey you. 
Have your way with us now as we sing, as we seek you in prayer, as we follow your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together again. You be